once forged in the fires of PR and journalism, Curtis Dewar and Corey Westbrook united to create C-Squared. Now on our podcast, we interview musicians and other industry professionals to give you an inside look on how to take your music to the next level. Hello, everyone. You are listening to the C-Squared podcast with Corey and Curtis. Today, we are back with the illustrious Kevin Stewart Panko. Yes, illustrious. And we are going to be discussing gateway bands, gateway metal, what's getting people into the scene right now, and what makes it awesome or not. So first of all, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast again today. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me back. And uh, good to sort of see you again (laughs) (laughs) at least see your name on the on the zoom group thing or whatever so kevin to kick things off so as a as a beginning starting point so we're going to be talking about gateway metal uh so like these are bands that are normally it's used as a slur nowadays like we briefly talked about this before we started recording but you know you got bands like black veil brides motionless and white all these type of things um and people kind of use them as a slur. And I just kind of want to get as a starting point, like what is your kind of thoughts behind these kind of bands that are kind of getting people into metal, but you know, most metal heads seem to enjoy poking fun at, if that makes sense. Well, first of all, I mean, most metal heads will poke fun at anything that they don't like. So, I mean, (laughs) so, and that's just kind of like the hard truth of that. Um, You know, you'll have, I mean, I used, I used to be pretty bad at it. Like, I, I wouldn't say elitism, but I would say that, you know, if there, there was probably a spell in the 90s where if I ran into a friend or somebody who was listening to post, um, what was it? What was that Slayer album? God Hates Us All, the one that came out on 9-11? Yeah, that was 2001, yeah, I think. If people yeah. are listening to Slayer, like post 9-11, post God, I used to probably rip on them pretty hard, but, you know, it's it all comes down to taste i guess and i don't necessarily um i can't really say i can't sorry i can't really look down on somebody for the fact that they choose you know if that's what's introducing them to whatever is considered alternative lifestyles anymore or alternative music anymore or whatever um i'm not really super familiar with a lot of these bands um but at the same time i mean from what i've seen a lot of them kind of mimic seem to be mimicking a lot of like you know what motley Crue was doing in the early 80s and what you know a lot of those bands are doing before the sunset strip got really really sugary and saccharine and basically before the the big label money came into it and you know admittedly you know as much as i'm known as thrasher death metal grindcore or whatever guy that's the stuff i remember listening to a lot when i was a kid before i discovered the heavier stuff so I mean, I guess it's like a parallel path and I can't, you know, I'm not going to shit on somebody because like I said, when we were talking earlier, I can't shit on somebody because they weren't born with a long sleeve Slayer shirt on. So, um, yeah, (laughs) I don't know. I'm interested because I mean, because you came up with the topic and because you guys seem to have this in mind, I'm interested to sort of more to know what your thoughts are on it, because I didn't even know that this was like a real big issue or totally. So yeah, well, if it is totally, then maybe 
I don't know, maybe I'm more interested in hearing what you have to say about it and why it is such a thing. So for me, uh, my whole thing is I think the kind of elitist attitude, the elitists in general are probably the like biggest posers in the industry or in the in the fan base okay <laughs> it, it just like it grates on me because like you said none of us came out of the womb wearing a long sleeve slayer shirt none of us came out of the womb screeching the lyrics to hammer smash face it just didn't happen we've all got our stories of where we started and you know some people they don't continue to dig once they've you know they found the mainstream heavy stuff like you know, your five finger death punch, your Metallica nowadays, uh, motionless and white, the things that are, are really popular, but still kind of heavy. And that's fine. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Personally, I think that these gateway bands are not just important, but essential to the survival of our genre, because while there will be people who never dig beyond those mainstream bands, there will also be people that do. And when people get this elitist attitude of, oh, you listen to Black Veil Brides, that's not real metal. All that does is take fans and money and whatever away from those bands that those people would have discovered if not for said toxic sound, uh, toxic uh, fan base. I agree. Um, one thing I, I want to add to that is that I, I also think that a lot of times the people that are making those kind of accusations about the uh, gateway bands and the posers and the elitists and shit like that, like you were saying, Corey, um, I'm willing to bet that most of them probably got in through something silly as well, like new metal or like Black Veil Brides or whatever you said, too. They're just being oh, dude, idiots if, right now. If they're my age, they yeah. were listening to Linkin Park. They yeah. were listening to Slipknot. They were listening exactly. to Corn. It does yeah. not matter what they say. They were. They can sit there and try and lie. And sit. like, there's two kinds of people my age that exist. Those that say they listened to new metal in the late '90s, early 2000s, and freaking liars. <laughs> I agree. What What are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on that, Kevin? I think there are two people, two types of people in the world: those who those who like Journey and fucking liars. Oh, exactly. Ooh. Seriously, if you don't love Journey, just like, what, what is, are you even human? I love Journey. I love Journey so, so much. Okay, I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. Oh, God. So <laughs> I don't know. Journey, I want to hear it. Have, have you both, uh, I know Curtis hasn't, but have you seen Stranger Things, Kevin? I haven't watched the new season yet, but I have watched up until, up to the new season. Okay, so mild spoiler alert, put your fingers in your ears if you haven't seen it, but I'm sure you've seen the, the memes and the talk going around about um, the use of music in this most recent season to, that like it, it saves yeah. people from the bad guy. I've heard well, of like the, the whole Kate Bush thing and then Master yeah. Puppets or whatever. I haven't exactly. seen any of it, but I've heard about it. Yeah. Well, the idea is, is the, you know, music is actively saving these people's lives. And I was thinking like, okay, I've got to save a person from the big bad in this show, but I don't know their musical tastes. What would I play? The answer is going to be don't stop believing by journey because you are guaranteed to like strike a chord with pretty much anyone with that song. I agree. <laughs> That's I, my agree. I, I agree to the point where uh, I just yesterday, I believe, wait, Tuesday, what's today? Today's Thursday. Thursday. Today's Thursday. Just for, for the sake of accuracy, Tuesday, I spent a ridiculous amount of money buying two tickets to see journey in March. So there you nice. go. <laughs> so see, yeah. And that's, 
that's see, that's honestly, the, that's another gateway band. That's something that my parents listen to, um, like Judas Priest. Uh, a lot of the things that people say are not real metal, like the standards of what makes real metal today, the legendary bands of the 70s and the 80s would not meet those standards. So it's like, how can you say that these brutal vocals and it has to be tuned down so low and the drums have to be this furious for it to be real metal when you've got Judas Priest standing over here with none of that, who is definitely real metal. Like, come on now. Uh, I, I act Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, I actually heard someone say Metallica was a gateway band yesterday, which to me kind of blew my mind because back in the 80s, they were like extreme of extreme, right? So anyways, just well, a side if comment. If you think about it, but yeah, I mean, that, that makes perfect sense though, because if you think about the phases of Metallica's career, it's like, okay, yeah. underground band up until the Black Album. Black Album is like what, the, the biggest, one of the biggest albums in the history of music. Something like that. Um, so, you know, that that's a completely... Would you consider them an underground band until the Black Album? Because didn't Master of Puppets go gold within like the first few months? That's a good point. I mean, okay, okay, yeah, I, I guess in, in the sense of like, you know, mainstream radio, video play, whatever, I guess you could say they were underground up until um, Justice, maybe, whatever. Well, they had you no know videos till like, Justice. The Black, Album, the Black Album blew things out into the stratosphere. So yeah. basically you have a, an entirely different group of people discovering that band at that time. And, and I think I think I might have told you said this before. I know I've said this before. I don't know if I've told you guys this before, but I mean, it doesn't happen as much these days, but up up until like a few years ago, I would still encounter people who didn't even really know Metallica had four albums before the Black Album. So there's yeah. like there are two different worlds out there. And if somebody's discovering Metallica through a Black Album or Load or that hideous Lou Reed thing they did or whatever oh. that was, um yep. you know whatever like okay, that's like it's kind of like going backwards and here's a here's an even here's a funny example actually from last night last night okay sorry a couple months ago a friend of mine bought me um an exorcist t-shirt exorcist the movie mm -hmm. and it's been kind of sitting here since i uh since he gave it to me because I had never watched The Exorcist. I, I mean, I, I kind of know all about it and all like the sort of tropes and the, the head spinning and your mother sucks cocks and hell and all that stuff. But I'd never actually seen it really back right? to front. <laughs> exactly. So I watched it last night for the first time. And the one thing that I discovered in that movie that I never realized before was like how many metal references have been taken from that movie. Like vulgar display of power is a line from the movie. Um, Reagan, what's her name, says something about the cunting daughters, which is the, obviously a line from one of the Slayer songs and, you know, one off of um, South of Heaven. Um, just like all these metal references that I never knew existed because I'd never seen the movie up until last night. And if I'm a poser for that, then whatever. But now I can confidently wear an Exorcist shirt without saying, without being like, oh, I've never seen the movie. I'm just wearing the shirt because it looks cool. <laughs> That's amazing. So where are we going here? We that Honestly, we I think on this is just an episode that's a rant at this point of Could be. how much I hate elitists and the you know the whole poser thing. Like I said, I think elitists are the ultimate posers because they're the only ones trying to limit the success of this genre. Like I, I often bring up the point of, oh, this is metal, where the biggest sign of failure is success. Yep. And yeah. <laughs> 
I honestly think that more than religious groups, more than people's parents, more than whatever, it, it's, it's the elitist attitude that is doing the most harm to the genre. So it's like, how, how can you call someone a poser for liking a specific heavy band rather than the heavy band you like? Right, and you wait, also wait. need to look at it like from a, from a creative standpoint, regardless of what you think of any of those bands that you're meant, you mentioned that consider them or are considered gateway bands, none of those bands, I hope, didn't form, didn't come together with the idea of being, we're gonna be a gateway band for bands that are heavier than us. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we wanna do. You know, I mean, it's like they formed their band to do whatever, to get out whatever's in their head, whatever they do musically, however, you know, however they wanted to distill their influences, blah, 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 blah. And that's what came out. And that's what, you know, that's what some, some segment of the population is going to enjoy and cotton onto other segments of the population aren't. And if it doesn't speak to you, then why listen to it? Why bother keep yelling at it? Because it's not speaking to you because <laughs> they're not listening to you anyway. <laughs> exactly. Like sitting there and complaining about the existence of five finger death punch is not going to make them go away. Just like go listen to something else. It's pretty simple. I mean, some of those bands do some pretty, you know, I'm not going to single out single name, uh, what do you call it? Uh, focus on particular names, but mm -hmm. some of the stuff I've heard about and seen in person in terms of uh, backing vocal tracks and is this person really playing their instrument? Blah, 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 blah. Like some of that stuff's pretty shady, but I mean, in terms of just like the raw music on a, on a record of a CD or however you consume your music, mm -hmm. um, if it gets you off, however it gets you off, and regardless of how it was created and you know how many guest songwriters there are and how many people are playing the solo because the guitar player couldn't actually play it himself or how much of it is edited together, whatever, Whatever you're hearing, if that, you know, if it, if it clicks with you, then it clicks with you. And I don't know, I can't, I, you know, <laughs> I can't, I can't be, I can't police this shit because I just don't care. Well, let's bring up one other thing here, just as a, uh, since we're talking about uh, gateway bands, uh, just want to get both of your opinions on the uh, current band that is uh, everybody's, well, either loves or hate ghost, uh, Let's talk about ghosts for a few minutes because I'd call them gateway. Wouldn't you guys both call them gateway? Um, I mean, I guess. I mean, the funny thing about ghost is that it's, it's. I don't really know what ghost has been up to in the last like four years. Fair, but I remember, you know, when I remember seeing them play Maryland Death Fest. Put it that way. Like that's kind of like ghosts' roots, as far as I'm concerned. And I know, dude, used to be in whatever Swedish death metal bands and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I've also heard that a friend of mine was telling me who lives in Pennsylvania, he was telling me that he was driving from Philly to somewhere out in the sticks to see like a, like one of those, you know, how the, you know, how seventies and eighties bands will like tour in the summertime and do like whatever amphitheaters and all that kind of thing. Yep. Mm -hmm. He was driving out to like somewhere in the middle of nowhere to see I can't remember who it was, but somebody from, who was big in the seventies. And he was saying like rock radio in the States, like ghost is on like in the middle of the day. And Oh, I didn't know I that. Can't, like, I don't, that doesn't make sense to me from where, you know, from the band I saw at Maryland death fest, like in whatever year to like now being played on mainstream FM radio in the U S 
in the middle of like you know god's country or whatever um so i mean hey well i don't know what they sound like these days but more power to them for taking advantage of the shtick and i also think that i've always made this joke that if you put if you take a metal some kind of metal content and give it a pseudonym and put a hood on it people are going to come out in droves and <laughs> and, start like, and just follow them follow over themselves and check out what it is either because of the mystery involved or because whatever reason the halloween aspect i don't know but you know think about it it's like when we all thought venom or chronos mantis and abdomen and we all thought that um or like the guy from midnight who's you know who's just some dude from cleveland but it's like you know he's got this executioner's hood and when we all thought like tom warrior's real last name was warrior when we were kids it's like fuck there was like this certain mystique to it and i guess that amplifies the the attraction i guess in the same way that like you know horror movies and clown shows and fun houses and <laughs> all that kind of stuff you know, i don't know what's your thoughts on ghost Corey? i honestly i really like ghost i do consider them a gateway band in the same way that i consider like joan jett or someone like that that's more of the mainstream rock type danceable variety like they're gonna get people into something that's a little bit a little bit heavier yes it's still kind of on the pop side but it's got a little bit of bite to it it's familiar enough that people can be comfortable listening to it but it does have a little bit of intrigue where people might be inspired to start digging into something a little bit heavier you never know but if they don't that's also fine I also like their, their spooky aesthetic. I think it's mm -hmm. fun. I think they're a fun band and I don't think that there's anything particularly wrong with that. Fair. I don't, there's nothing wrong with being danceable. Are they no. danceable now? Because I remember they were more like a doom metal band when they started. Oh, they're very danceable now. Oh, yeah. okay. Fair they're, enough. They, they, they still have the same sound, but they're more, got a little bit more of the pop sensibilities, I would say, nowadays. Like 70s, 70s, like funky rock and groove type thing or like dance dance not dance dance no no, not like dance dance no. like more of the 70s style okay, but then okay. again it kind of brings saying. it back to that kind of brings it back to that whole point of well that's not real metal well if it sounds like something from the 70s that was considered metal in the 70s then why is this not real metal that's a good point actually because like a lot of the bands from the 70s nowadays wouldn't be called metal like no uh, no no they wouldn't Blue black sabbath wouldn't be considered real nope. metal by today's would... standards of brutality nope neither would deep purple or uh, blue oyster cult or any of those no so um kevin do you have a comment on that before we move forward on the the 70s I, thing yeah the 70s thing um i not i mean i, I think the funny thing is is that at the time, even like, you know, when you read um, accounts from back in the day, um, or even if you, if you just read biographies of those guys now, it's like, they all kind of, the only person, the only band I should say, who really sort of jumped on liking being called heavy metal was Iron Maiden. Yeah. A lot of them were like, pretty much like, no, we're not a heavy metal band at all. We're just a hard rock band, or we're like a whatever band. And they kind of a lot of them really didn't like being referred to as heavy metal so oh hi motorhead not, well okay yeah motorhead that's a different oh, sorry motorhead and maiden i guess but i mean you know you think about rush and zeppelin and yep none of those bands they all fucking hated being referred to as heavy metal yep <laughs> yep yep 100 um so 
Now, moving a little bit forward on this here. So, Kevin, uh, let's mm. get let's get your opinion on the how how it would be or how you think that um, a gateway band should be actually I'm phrasing that the wrong way. So what do you think would be an actual gateway band that you think would uh, please people that have been in metal for a bit and but also be accessible enough? Like who would be an example of that that, that you can think of? Sorry, so, so, say that again. What, I, what think, I, th I think I said that convoluted. What I'm trying to say is, what do you think is, is a good example of a band that you think would fit the definition of gateway metal while still being something that people that have been around a while that are into metal would like? It, I guess it depends on the, the actual gateway. Like, Fair. look at it this way. So, I mean, the number of people that to this day I still run into who discovered Cannibal Corpse through the Ace Ventura movie is fucking astronomical. <laughs> that's me. Crazy. Yeah, but it's insane. I, I that's an insane. Those. That's an insane, insane jump to go from some guy or a girl who's sitting at home who like you know watching a movie, or you know Ace Ventura comes on TV or whatever who've never really experienced death metal before to have Hammer Smash face the first thing that they experience in the from the world of death metal and to sort of like okay, this seems interesting. I'm going to jump in it from this point. Like that's kind of like almost going to the, like climbing to the top of the, what do you call it? The 10 meter platform, but it's skipping the three meter springboard. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like but most gateway stories involve like, you know, little incremental moves. So I guess it depends on, you know, your discovery. And also it depends on the individual, like people who yeah. um, are constantly looking for, um, more extreme stuff in all facets of their life might sort of, you know, make those jumps quicker. I can't really say like, you know, what would be a, a, a band that would stand out as, as a link between the mainstream and the underworld or whatever you want to call it. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 I don't know. I don't have anything for you, but what I do find interesting is that when interesting and kind of tragic, um, is that when you have a band that sort of becomes that bridge and they be become popular because of it, whether or not, you know, they, they might not have gotten any better or worse, or they might've stayed the same, but just based on the fact that they've brought new people who aren't quote unquote lifers to the scene or whatever, that that band starts getting a lot of shit from the elitists as well. And it's sort mm -hmm. of like, well, it's almost like the same thing. It's like they, they didn't ask for that. It just kind of happened. And how can you hold them responsible for being that band that, for whatever reason, hundreds of people have gravitated towards? And, yeah. you know, it's better for the band. I don't know why it's such a big deal to people who are doing the same thing that these newer fans are doing. You're still buying records. You're still streaming. You're still going to shows. You're still buying shirts. Just because you did it like two years before somebody else that makes it better and they're wrong like that's bullshit dude i agree Corey, you you discovered death metal through ace ventura yeah <laughs> really See, there um, you go <laughs> yeah i discovered metal in general um i think i've told this story before my aunt gave me a bag of hand-me-down clothes yep. and in the yep. bottom of the bag was a copy of uh, british steel yeah on tape and that's how i discovered heavy metal in general but death metal it was hammer smash face in ace ventura um, and I definitely agree with Kevin on the whole, like, it's like I said earlier, metal, where the biggest sign of failure is success, at least to the elitist fans, where it's, you know, a band becomes successful. And obviously then you've got to just 
completely shit on that band. Like now I'm seeing people just completely try to shred Lorna Shore because they've reached such a height, which is absolutely insane for a deathcore band. Honestly, yep. seeing them that mainstream for what they are is just mind boggling. But yep. now I'm seeing the, the elitists come out. Oh, they're not even really that heavy. It's like, oh my God, shut up. Yeah, Lorna, <laughs> sorry, what, Lorna, Lorna Shore are, are popular mainstream what what do you they, what? they've become quite quite popular yep really yes now i wouldn't I remember, call them like i, I wouldn't call them like uh freaking adele or lady gaga type mainstream but oh, well, i mean they're for what they are they have what almost seven hundred thousand listeners on spotify right now which is really? for what they are is a huge milestone for a deathcore band for a band that heavy reaching that many people is like holy shit yep that's fucking crazy i remember i remember a tour in 2015 or 16 i don't know somewhere around there the mid the mid 10s so it was deicide headlining entombed ad hate eternal black crown initiate and lorna shore opening nice and man they were it was it was not a pretty sight <laughs> put it that way that tour was that tour was a, a not very populated tour put it that <laughs> well i just got back or not just but i just went to the um the chaos and carnage tour with uh you know headlined by carnifex and suicide silence and lorna shore was the direct support for the double headliners uh-huh. and the audience went just absolutely ape shit i i mean the level of bruises i had from that show i have literally left a permanent mark on my behind because the bruise was so deep it was absolutely insane and then the audience like cleared out for carnifex and uh suicide silence it was like half it was weird oh yeah yep but uh one one point i wanted to make it Kevin, do you do you remember? Because maybe maybe I'm forgetting something, but back in the '90s, like nowadays, it would be it would seem kind of like um, I think people would be making fun of the fact that if a band appeared on like Beavis and Butthead, for example. But unless I'm mistaken, like that was something back then where it was like a point of pride to be featured in Beavis and Butthead. Because I mean, Morbid Angel was put on there, Sepultura was put in there. Am I correct in that, or do you remember? Um. Sorry, correcting what that that, that those that, bands were on no, there, no, or those no, bands were that it was like a point of pride, and that it wasn't like looked down upon that you know the band had appeared in a cartoon. But I mean, nowadays, I think it would be. I think at I think at the very beginning of it, before people realized that, um, before Beavis and Butthead became like a cultural sort of signpost or whatever you want to call it, yeah, that the the early bands that that ended up getting on the show somehow looked down on it at first yeah and i think once they realized that you know this is a really popular people and it's actually drawing people out to shows and drawing or you know getting people interested in buying records and all that kind of stuff it's like it wasn't such a big deal but i think that it took that popularity for some for a lot of people to come around and i think yeah. now it's a huge point of pride people still talk about that shit yep. today about how you know oh being on beavis and Butter was one of the best things that happened for us at the time and blah 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 blah. and i mean admittedly i i didn't even have mtv growing up you had much music yeah but they, did they have 
yeah that's a, yeah that's yeah that's how i saw beavis and butthead oh, okay. much music yeah okay all i remember is that watching an episode of beavis and butthead maybe i did see it or maybe it was a, a tape of it i don't know anyway um that's how i discovered crowbar um, the first crowbar song I ever heard was on Beavis and Butthead. And then I just remember them just ripping on the fact that the, they were such huge dudes. Yep. And I was like, oh, crowbar. And then, you know, because of the business that we're in, like a couple of days later, the promo shows up in my house or whatever, but that's fine. But that's how I, I remember that's how I first discovered crowbar was through Beavis and Butthead. I think that's how I discovered Morbid Angel, if I'm not mistaken. But anyways, um, we're uh, running. And this was actually going to lead into my point of the question oh. you asked Kevin earlier of what band would be like the best gateway. I don't I'm think it's necessarily it. a band that it's soundtracks, because uh-huh. I can tell you how many freaking soundtracks got me into certain heavy, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack. Yep. I was like, what was I? I was six <laughs> when yeah. that came out. And that, I mean, Mortal Kombat soundtrack uh ace ventura resident evil queen of the damned like as you just keep going up until about like 2002 when i think soundtracks kind of hit their peak that is an amazing gateway for people and just uh i wish we'd bring back was the metal it, uh, soundtrack resident sorry more mortal kombat was it or had yeah. fear factory on it had typo negative on it Okay, yep. and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna out some people here now, but Mother's I, I, Day Out, which is one of my favorite underground bands. I think it was okay. I, I'm gonna out some people. It was either Resident Evil or Mortal Kombat, one of the two. But the dudes from Blood Incantation, I don't know if they'll <laughs> I don't know if they'll <laughs> appreciate me telling anybody this, but I remember them all like just going like being in a van with them and them putting it on. We found it at a used record store somewhere, and they put it on, and they were just reminiscing about being teenagers and and discovering metal via one of whatever one of those two movies they were talking about um and to me being like you know 15 years older than those guys it was kind of like wow this is a different experience and it's interesting to hear how their experience was different from mine and stuff and what sort of drew them in but you know for a band like that who was kind of like you know one of the bigger names in underground death metal these days it's like well there you go they weren't born wearing long sleeve whatever shirts either so <laughs> yeah. none yeah, of us were they do need to bring back the soundtracks more because i mean it doesn't really happen anymore but i discovered a lot of bands from soundtracks back in the 90s and early 2000s like you're right cory 100 oh, the pro there's yeah. another excellent one my life yep. with the thrill kill cult that yep. freaking the club scene where he just like decimates everybody yep. that's yep. epic yep yep there's so many good soundtracks lost action hero there was wayne's world frick just too many to freaking name Judgment uh, Night, man. Come on. Yeah, Judgment Night. <laughs> How could I forget about that? That was like the first basically new metal album. Ooh. But anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Kevin, did you did you have anything else you wanted to add to that? Um to that the last point. Yeah. Soundtracks. Um I no, I don't know. I mean, I also remember on, on a on a lighter note, I remember the single soundtrack being a big thing with yeah, a lot of people I knew back in the day before, like grunge really took off. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a thing with um, a couple people I knew back then. Yeah, who were, who, you know, who were discovering like the Lollapalooza side of alternative he- slash heavy music. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's all around, I guess. Yeah, one hundred percent. Corey, is there anything else we want to bring up on this topic? We're already thirty-five minutes in, so we should probably wrap up pretty quick. No, I mean, 
boiling it down to elitism is dumb. Like yep. what you like, listen to what you want to listen to. And if anybody gives you shit for what you're listening to in the words of the late, great Lemmy, fuck them. Agreed. Okay, Kevin, do you have any final words before we end off? Never forget that there are two types of people in the world. <laughs> Those that like or that Journey. say they like Journey and Those. fucking liars. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. All right. With that, uh, thank you very much, Kevin, for coming on and party on, Corey. Party on, Curtis. Party. If you enjoyed this podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on your platform of choice. You can also join the conversation by following us on any social media and suggesting guests or topics you'd like to learn more about. Thanks for listening to C-Squared.